Good morning. My name is Jaden. I'm one of the pastors here at Open Life, and we are in our More Than series, and um, basically we've just been talking about more than going deeper than just more than blank, and then you can fill in the blank. But we've been talking about um, finances and stuff, and the first week we talked about what money can't do for you, and then last week we talked about what stewardship means and what it means to be a good steward as Jesus kind of exemplified and how he taught and what he told to his disciples before he um, sacrificed himself on the cross. And we're getting into that Easter season, and so it's always kind of good to just be in prayer and, and just be thinking about, you know, what is God going to ask you to do this Easter? What's he going to ask you to get involved in? And just, you know, just being excited and thinking about people maybe you can invite uh, to open life on Easter Sunday. And so inside of your worship guide, we do have invites for you in there um, that you can hand to people as you go. And we have more in the back at the connect table if you want to grab more for other people. But if you missed, um, today, today's really like an extension of what we talked about last week in stewardship. But it, I think it's a lot more like fun that we're talking about generosity. And I think like generosity is the byproduct of what happens when we are good stewards with our finances. When we, when we choose to let God take control because it's all his anyway, generosity is the byproduct of byproduct product of that. And so uh, uh, just a little, little tongue-tied right there. But um, anyway, if you missed that, um, I'd encourage you to go on the app. We put resources on the notes page, and that's under, um, if you're watching it online on the website or if you're watching on the app, there is a notes page that you can click right underneath that. And then down at the bottom, um, there's a few different resources that Dad mentioned last week um, from Dave Ramsey, from Mint.com, um, goodbudget.com. I've used a few of those different resources, and they're great for creating budgets. And so if you're looking and you're thinking, you know what, I do, I do need to take an inventory of what is coming in and what's going out uh, with in relation to my finances, you can do that on there. Um, but let's jump right in. We're going to read um, the whole story of the three servants in uh, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And so Thad uh, talked a little bit about it. He read a couple of those verses, but we're going to read kind of the whole passage, and then I'll put in some notes as we go along. But let's jump in. Uh, Matthew 25, 14 through 30 says, again, this is Jesus speaking, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. And so Jesus is using this story, just a little side note, he's using this story to describe the kingdom of heaven. And so this isn't just Jesus, you know, sitting with his disciples and he's giving them financial advice. It's not like he's telling them, well, here's where you need to put your, you know, 401k. This, these are the, um, some stocks that I think are really good that you should invest into. This is Jesus telling a story that involves finances, but it can be applicable to the whole kingdom of heaven. And it gets you into a mindset of how Jesus looked at what life is really like. And so as we read this story, we're going to apply it to our finances, but we're going to apply it to other parts of our lives as well. And that's how it can be, because the kingdom of heaven goes by a different economy than just what ours might say, is that, you know, everything is about money. You got to get, you know, to this certain plateau. You have to get to this age, then you can retire, and then you can have this amount of money in your retirement, and then you'll have a good life. You've been successful. Congratulations. And then for what? The kingdom of heaven is, is different, and this is what Jesus is trying to tell his disciples. And so he goes on this story. He says, he called together his servants. This is the master Jesus is talking about. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. 
The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the, ma- hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And so the master, this, in this circumstance, he talked to both the first two of these servants. And if you notice that his, uh, his reaction to what they invested in was the exact same. His, it wasn't like, oh, well, you, only, you gained five, but this other person gained two. It wasn't really about how much they gained, but it was that they actually went and did something with the money that the master gave to them. And it's awesome just to see that it's the exact same, no matter if it's a lot of money or it's a small amount of money. The master was pleased with what the servants were doing in investing his money. But so then we read on in verse 24, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they'll have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so notice that the master is not angry with this third servant because he received nothing back. He is angry because the servant didn't even do anything to try and invest the money. And so we're going to get some life things to apply this to, but it's, it's just interesting to see that it's not about the money. It's not about the amounts that the master is concerned with. He's concerned with the actions and the heart of the people that did this. The first two servants just applied themselves, said, you know what, I'm going to, this isn't my money, but I'm going to invest it. I'm going to try and make some more for my master. And the master was pleased with them. But then the one who just dug a hole and buried it did nothing with the investment that the master put in them then that's what the master is unpleased about. And so when we look at this story as a picture of the kingdom that God invited us into by his generous gift of Jesus' sacrifice, it's important that we realize that all we have, and so I like to think of this in three things, our time, our talents, our treasure. Kind of like three things that kind of accumulate or encompass everything that's about my life. I got time, I got talents, I mean, a few, but not many. But, and I got treasure. You know, that's like my money and, you know, my possessions and things that I really treasure in my life. Not just money. Like, you know, I treasure my family. I treasure, you know, where I live. I treasure my car and stuff like that. Money and possessions. And so it's interesting to see that when we realize that God is the one who gave us everything, 
then we have a responsibility to be good stewards of that investment that he has in us. I've got time. I mean, hopefully I have a number of years left, but do I use it and invest it the way that God wants me to? I have some talents. How am I using them? How am I choosing to apply myself? Are you in a job that really is not fulfilling you because you're not doing what you really feel like you were made to do? Are you using your talents that God has given you to fulfill you, your family, and those around you? I've got treasure, money, or otherwise. Am I stewarding my finances as well? Am I choosing to apply the plan that God has in place for us that Thad talked about last week to my finances? And so we're going to be talking about what it means to hold all three of those things in a, in a manner that, that would be pleasing to God, that, that God would come back and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's celebrate together. You've done well. And so the big idea today is that money doesn't make you generous. And so have you ever thought, I've, I've done this often, I said, man, if only I had a little bit more money, then I could, do, I could really have a greater impact in life. And I don't know if when the $1 billion lottery was happening a couple of weeks ago or months now, I guess, um, I was like thinking, man, God, if, if I won this, think about all the orphanages that I could, you know, help feed or, or think about all the schools that I could open across the country or across another country, you know, just investing into other people. And then I was like, God, think about all the sports franchises I could purchase. And I'm, then, okay, so like, that's not really like, you know, helping society. I mean, I love the Sounders. I would try and buy them probably, but probably wouldn't be able to afford them. But anyway, the obvious thought we think often is that if I had more money, I would have a greater impact. And this is true in a sense. I mean, as you grow in your finances, you can help more people if you're smart with it, if you're wise with that. But if you truly think that that's the end game, then this mindset can really rob you and really burden your life. Because if you're going, maybe you have really great dreams and thoughts and you think, well, if, if only I get this amount of money, then I can pursue my dreams. Well, you've replaced the pursuit of a good dream in place of a pursuit of just money so that you can get the dream. And so I think we have to really think and realize that God wants us to be faithful stewards with what we've been given now. The pursuit of money gets us into having multiple jobs, more hours, worried about promotions, we got overtime to worry about, job transitions, terrible hours, you know, moving across the country. And we really have to realize is that what God wants for us when, when those decisions come up, we're always at a fork. We have to think, you know, is this what God wants me to do or is this going to take me away from other things that I know God has for me now? You have to align that need of wanting more money in the grand scheme of God's kingdom to really understand if what you're doing is according to his plan. And so one of the most life-giving principles that I've learned personally is that I can have a great impact with the money that I already have now. And I, I was really thinking about, you know, anytime that I would pray to God and say, God, you know, I would be able to do so much more if, you know, if me and Danny just had this extra amount of money. Like, really, if, you, if we think about, you know, helping orphans or, you know, helping, you know, if we think about really good and great things that we would do, we might say, God, 
Think about all the orphans I could care for if I had more money. And every time you pray those kind of prayers, I really believe God's saying right back to me. He's saying, Jaden, think about all the orphans that you can care for now. Are you being generous, a good steward with the resources that I've already given you? And so that's the question of the day. Are we good stewards? Are we being generous with what God has already given to us? When the two servants that invested their money, it didn't matter that one had five bags of silver or the other one had two. They diligently invested what their master gave them. And he came back and he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Generosity that we're talking about today is not about how much money you have, how much money you'll earn in the future. Generosity is about celebrating the great impact that you can have with the, with the resources that God has entrusted you with. And so thought one today is that charity is a starting point. You know, charity and uh, generosity are not the same thing. And this is kind of an open life language. If you read in the dictionary, the definitions are actually very similar. But as we think about charity and generosity, very similar. But at Open Life, we like to think of, think about, well, first, think about the mental picture that comes to your mind when you think of charity. I was doing this as I was thinking, you know, what does my mind come to when I think of charity? And the things that come to my mind are a Santa hat and a jingle bell. I think of, I think of those two things in a Walmart parking lot, you know? I think about when I was a kid, when I would ask my parents, you know, hey, do you have some extra change? I can put it in the the red bucket thing. And, you know, it's a good memory because it's like, you know, gets you in the Christmas spirit. It gets you into that charity mindset. And that is a good thing. And I also remember like in the scene in Home Alone 2 where the guy like put tape around his fingers and he just sticks his finger in there to like steal the change. You guys remember that? Like the sticky bandits? <laughs> it's like, you know, when I think of those things, that's just where my mind runs. It's like, you know, it's, it's like terrible. You're thinking about giving, but then you're also thinking about taking at the same time. But it's like, you know, you're thinking about the Salvation Army. You're thinking about maybe, uh, you're thinking about, when you're thinking about charities, that's, that's what my mind runs to. And so it's like not saying that those are bad but when you think of charity, often it's like, you know, here, here's some pocket change. I, I just had it in my pocket as I was leaving this store. Or maybe charity to you is that when you're on Facebook or you see someone share a post about a GoFundMe to help pay for someone's medication because they can't afford it. Or maybe, how about this one? I'm going to try and sing this, but this is one of my favorite charities. I will remember you. I mean, don't you just love the dogs? You can't not give money to help the starving and hurting dogs across the whole world. It's like there was one time I was watching TV. I'm on the couch. That song comes on. And, of course, I look to my right, and Walter, my dog, is sitting right next to me on the couch. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to change the channel. (laughs) He shouldn't be watching this stuff. But it's like when we think of charity, those are the, the things that we think about. And so let me be clear. I'm not saying that when you give to those things, it's not bad. This isn't a like, you know, you can only give if it's a generous thing versus a charity thing. No, I'm saying charity is good. But when we're talking about charity and generosity at Open Life, we believe charity is a starting point to generosity. 
We believe charity is an introduction to the impact that a lifestyle of generosity can have for you. And so the best way to think about generosity is to kind of put it in God's hands and think about what he thinks about generosity. And so what I was thinking about is like, how do you look at what God has given you? And I'm going to start off with the big one and the most important is, is do you see Jesus as a charitable donation from God to mankind? Or do you see Jesus as a generous gift from God that speaks to the very identity of who God is that continues as an ongoing gift for all of us as followers of Jesus? You know, to me, when I think of charity, I just think about a one-time thing. You know, I'm in a moment, and I gave it. And that's awesome. Those are great moments to have. But when I'm thinking about God and sending his son for us to die on a cross and live a perfect life, I don't, I hope it wasn't God just thinking, you know what, it seems like a good moment just to send Jesus. But I think Jesus points to the generous spirit of God, and it points to the identity that I'm always going to be there for you, because Jesus is this ongoing relationship that we have in our lives to find support, to find peace, to find rest and hope. To me, that's a generous spirit versus just a charitable one. Charity is a starting point, but then thought to generosity is a lifestyle. And so this really comes out of a relationship with Jesus and choosing to be a part of his kingdom. When we realize that everything we have comes from God, it's easy to be generous because God has already shown us the way. He's already set the example, and that's how we can look at our possessions. When we look at our time, talents, and treasure— when I hold those things in my hand, do I hold on to them like with white knuckle fists because I have to hold on to everything and like it's my plan, my rules, my way right now? Or do we choose to loosen up the grip a little bit and say, God, you've given all of this to me anyway. How do you want me to use it? And it's when we choose to let that grip just slowly untighten and start to hold our possessions, our time, our talents, our treasure with open hands that God chooses to really begin to use us. Really begins to like get us excited for the things that are on God's heart. So we begin to notice things that are going on in other people's lives. And it's not just like, oh, well, now I can give them money. No, it's like now you can be for them. If I choose to keep my time in an open hand versus a closed fist, then I'm willing and able to be open to them. And so when we're talking about time, are you willing to share your years, your days, your hours, and minutes with the people that you love? When you have time, do you net neglect community? If your schedule's all built up, and you're saying, you know, I don't have time to, you know, be a part of a group. Or I don't have time to help out at this event. Or I don't have time to, you know, go to my kid's school because I got, I got this stuff going on. But it's when we choose to open our hands and we say, you know what? I do have time for the people I love. I do have time for a community. And, you know, you can't always think that there's going to be a next week or that there's always necessarily going to be a tomorrow. Time is so precious. And we try and hold on to it as tightly as we can. And I'm turning 30 this year. And so it's like, I don't even know what it's going to be like to turn 40, you know. So 
good job, you guys. You're doing great. And, and so, or 50, or 60, or 70. You know, I just want to include everyone. Congratulations. But we don't have, where there's no guarantee. And so when we choose to let the grip loose, God can show us, you know what? The dreams that God has for you in the one year, in two years, in three years, in four years, might be way outside of your mind than what you're thinking about right now. But wouldn't it be cool to say in five years, you know, when I chose to start loosening the grip of my time, that's when I got down this path to where I am today. That's what God wants to do with your time. What about our, t- our talents? And so these can be your jobs. Are you thankful for where you work? Are you an encouragement to your coworkers? Do you engage with the outside world? Or is it just, you know, like, I'm here to get my paycheck. Just leave me alone. I'm just off to do this. Have you found that thing in your life that really fulfills you? Have you found that, like, talent that you would just say, you know what, this fulfills me so much, I want this to be my job. And I think that sometimes we're stuck in jobs just for money when we know we're not fulfilled. We know it it takes a toll on our health because we're stressed. It takes a toll on our families because we're not there. But if you begin to make small decisions and you make hard sacrifices— if you have a dream inside of you of what you want to do with your life, God wants to work that through you. And I mean, I'm talking about serious things. I'm not just saying, well, I would love to be on the Seattle Seahawks, or I'd love to be, you know, a professional basketball player or whatever. But I really think if you have, if you have a yearning inside of your heart for something, maybe that happened when you were a teenager and you're like, I never pursued that dream. Maybe someone needs to go back to school and you say, well, the finances... Well, if you think about the plan, if that's what you feel like God has for you, make the plan and make it happen. Take the steps to do it. And so then we get to treasure. And so, yeah, we're talking about money. And so sometimes for some people, it's really easy to have it in an open, open hand. But for a lot of us, when you have to pay that ridiculous rent or mortgage, you have to pay that car payment, your car breaks down, Man, I like, you know, white knuckle all the way is what I'm doing to find finances. But when we choose to be good stewards, when we choose, you, I mean, you really have to listen to what Thad was talking about last week. But when you're talking about the plan that God has for you, when you choose to do that, your grip loosens up. And you begin to see how God is pushing you and directing you through this. And that's the coolest thing. That's the, there's so much peace that comes from just giving your finances and saying, God, these are yours. How do you want me to use them? How do you, what's the plan that you have for this? All of it, our time, our talents, our treasure. Generosity is when we freely give of those things. When we're in the position to be able to freely give when opportunities present themselves. And so maybe an opportunity for you is that, man, I just love kids, but my job doesn't let me do that. Well, there's an opportunity in kids' life to teach kids once a month on a Sunday morning. And you just say, you know what? I would love to do that. Well, the opportunity is there. Maybe you're like a media person. We got plenty of opportunities at Open Life to be involved with media or music or computers or pictures or video, whatever it is. Maybe you just say, you know what? I love to just engage people, but my, 
my normal life just doesn't give me, provide those opportunities to be around people. Well, we got greeters at the front door that you would be more than willing to just show up about 15 to 20 minutes early, and we, we would love to get you connected on the greeter team. But those are like the things that we can do when we choose to open up our lives and say, you know what, maybe there's an opportunity at your children's school, or maybe if you live by a school, you just, you're, you'd be surprised if you went in there and said, hey, would you like to have a, do you have an opportunity for a volunteer to come in and help at the school? They would probably, jaws would probably open because they're like, uh, yeah, like we would love for you to come read with students or we would love for you to, you know, help us with this project that we're doing. I don't know what it is for you, but it's, it's just like when you are engaged in life when you choose to hold your time, your talents, and treasures with an open hand. You begin to recognize and see the opportunities that God has for you. Matthew 10, 7 through 8 says this, Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. This is Jesus saying, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. That's Jesus' command to us is give as freely as you have received. And I don't know about you, but when I chose to accept Christ, I'm very happy that that was a free gift. That God didn't come down on me for all the things that I had done in my life and all the things that I struggle with and deal with, but that His grace is free. His love is free for everyone. And that's what we're challenged to do, is to give all of those things freely to other people. So what have I received that I can be generous and it truly has to be an inventory of everything in our lives. If we're holding, you know, you might say, you know what, well, I'm really good at giving up my time and my talents, but, you know, I really need to hold tightly to my finances. You know, unclench that fist. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm super good at giving up my finances. You know, that's not a problem with me, but I'm just so busy. I don't have the time to do those things. Unclench that fist. And so if you feel like you're, you're maxed out in an area, and you're, you're just, you say, you know, I'm not able to be generous in that area just because of, of this situation in my life, then that's where we get to thought three. And that generosity comes from margin. Generosity comes from margin. And so what do I mean when I say margin? Well, it's the space between all that you have and all that you actually use. And so when you look at your time, and it, it, there's 168 hours in a week, you know, you got 40 hours in work. Maybe you got five hours of commute time. You got 49 hours of sleep if you sleep seven hours a night. Some of you are crazy and only do like four. So good job on the time resource management. Maybe not the health management, but, you know, that's everyone's own decision. You know, this one, obviously, for me, I got like at least 10 hours at the gym. I mean, maybe six hours at the gym. I work at the Y, so I'm there a lot longer than most people. So I can chalk that up a little bit. And so then I was just thinking, you know, managing our time is really hard because it's not like more people get more time than other people. We're all given the same amount of time. It's just how we choose to invest it and use it. And so for you parents with kids in sports, I tried to like put the numbers like on how much you guys do for that stuff, but like the computer started burning up and like just started like fuming because there's a crazy amount of time that people have to invest when their kids are in sports, when you're talking about running from here to there to everywhere. And so our schedules are very hard to manage. Our time is a resource that we have to hold on to, open, and just say, God, what, do you, what is most important in what I'm going to do? 
in my life? And how am I going to invest my time? How do I be a good steward of my time? And then you go to treasure. You know, if you made $40,000 a year, that's $3,333 a month and 33 cents. And then, so, you know, you say, you, you take Thad's message from last week and you say, well, I'm going to give the first 10% to God, so the tithe would be $333.33. Maybe you got a mortgage of, say, $1,500. You got a car payment for $300. I honestly, I've never had a car payment, so I didn't know what to write for that. So you can say if that's high or low. But, um, but I also drive a nasty Toyota Camry. So there's a give and take with that. <laughs> so... But you got gas, you got to pay for gas, $200, utilities, coffee, Starbucks budget. I love that Starbucks app, but it's also the bane of my existence, you know? And you're like, you know, it's like, how many times do I go up there and they're like, your total is 343 and I have like 330 I'm like 13 shin short. I'm like, okay, reload, you know, 25 bucks. You know, like a $3 coffee turned in a $25 visit to Starbucks. And it's like, man, they got me good. All for a lucky dozen, you know, you know, free Starbucks drink. It's just crazy how much. And then you go to the end of the month and you realize that I was doing that, but then my wife was doing that. And our forces combined means lots and lots of coffee drinking. And so... When you're talking about your finances and you're talking about, okay, God, what's most important? What's most important? I would like to introduce you to a man called Dave Ramsey. And so I bought his book called The Total Money Makeover a few years ago. And what it does is he just walks through a really practical plan of how you can look at your finances and really think about giving to God what's God's giving, even paying yourself and learning how to save, learning how to invest. And it's crazy because when you just show up and you, like, just say you took your next paycheck, it can be really overwhelming when you try to start making a plan. It's going to be so overwhelming because you're like, well, I want to do these things. I want to give to the church. I want to start, you know, saving, you know, because a lot of people say, you know, if you're tithing, give 10% to God, give 10% to your own bank account as a saving, and then you got to think about investments. And I'm like, I, I don't have that much like, that's a lot of percentages, and, you know, I, that's when you start to, you know, stress out and stuff. But when you read Dave Ramsey's book, he gives you a plan so that if you can't do all the steps now, you do one little step here, and you're walking along the line. And you eventually, within a year, within two years, even within five years, when you think long term, you're way farther than if you just kept doing what you're doing now over and over. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And so, where we get this idea of margin, Leviticus 23.22 says this, When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields. Do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. And so, when we're talking about margin, God's saying, don't, don't live to the max. Don't use up 100% of what you have, because then you're not going to have any when there's an opportunity that comes to help someone else. Some of you are spending your family's hours that should be for your family. You're spending those at work so that you can earn the money that you already spent on a credit card last month, leaving you no margin, no room to breathe, no room to be available, available, And it's robbing you. 
is robbing you of joy, of peace, of love from your family. And it's robbing you of a life that is truly life and what Jesus wants to give to us. And when you get into that rut where you're like, you know what, I have to work overtime. I can't be at home because I have a credit card bill. I'm way in debt. I got to catch up. I got to catch up. That's when you're getting into territory of being an unwise steward. You're in territory of the third servant. And you're, you're, you're going down a path that for what? In 10 years, you don't spend time with enough time with your family. Are your kids going to want to hang out with you when they have their own families? Is you, are you going to be still married when you haven't chosen to give your wife or your husband the time that they deserve and need? These are the real world ramifications. The truth about margin is, is that if you set that plan, God knows that credit card debt is the stupidest thing in the world. But if you apply the principles that Jesus has for us, we can walk out of that. It's not going to mean like, oh yeah, tomorrow I'm going to be out of debt. No, it's like a work in progress. And there's hard decisions that have to be made. God wants you to live with margin because he knows that life is better when you have hours where you can relax, take a breath, and be with the ones you love. And oh yeah, God wants you to have margin because there's other people that need your resources because they're in a time of need. There's poor people, there's widows, there's orphans, there's children in foster care, there's foreigners, there's people struck by tragedy, there's the sick. All around us, there are people that we can help But if we don't have the margin in our lives, in our time, talents, and treasure, then we leave nothing for us to be able to help them when those opportunities come by us. When you have margin, you're able to look on Facebook and see that someone needs their hospital bills paid for, and you say, hey, I have an extra $40. Let me give that to them. If you have margin in your time, and someone says, you know what, we really need someone to come down and, and help read with these first graders because no one, there's been no leader that's been shown up to their classes. When you have the time to be able to do that, to maybe change your schedule around because you have margin in your time, then you're making an impact in that kid's life and you're changing them for the future. And so to the mix of today's talk about generosity and last week's talk about stewardship is all about just becoming and realizing what is a good steward. So that when God comes back and he says, look at all the things that I've given to you, that we would not be people that didn't do anything, but we would be people that truly took what God gave us and we invested it, we applied ourselves in it to make an impact, a great impact with the money that we have now. And so I'm not saying this is going to be easy. This is going to be super hard for some of you if you've never thought in this way before. And I'm talking about like, you're going to have to have a hard conversation with your spouse, with your family, with your loved ones, maybe with your boss. And you're, you're going to have to have those hard conversations, those hard things you have to walk through. But when you have the plan, when you have the, the you know where the direction you're going, you're going to love where you're at in a month. Maybe it's just a small step in a year. Maybe it's a little bit later. In 10 years, you might look back and say, you know, when we started to finally look at our finances honestly and live within our means and live with margin, that's when our lives took a different direction. 
or when I finally chose to look at my hours and say, you know what, my family deserves this set amount of time, and I'm going to hold on to that really tightly because they deserve it. Then maybe in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years, you left a legacy because you chose to look hard and deep inside of you to say, what is most important? What does God tell me that's most important in my life? That's the power of what we're talking about today. And so the action point for today is experience generosity. And so this is where you're going to be really excited that you're here on this day because we're going to have people handing out envelopes right now to each person that is in here. And so I'm going to just give you like 10 seconds to um, just check that out. You can open it, but I'm going to spoil the surprise for you people in the back as we go on. Inside of this envelope, there's $20. So there's $20 for each of you. And inside of that are some directions on what we would love for you to do with this $20. Every person is getting $20. We're not like, it's not like the story where it says like, we looked at according to people's abilities and gave people more or less. And we're just going to go with the $20 to each person. And so we have some directions to you. So inside there's a note, and so you can, you're going to take this home with you, and you can read this note, but I'm going to read it with you together. And so the first thing we want you to do, or the decision you have to make, is if this $20 fulfills a need in your life, then it's yours. If you would say, you know, like, hey, I'm like $20 short, or if you're a couple $40 short on your rent this month, or you know what, I didn't know what I was going to do for food later today, or you know, my, my finances are just going down, whereas like I need this $40, then it is yours. Like you've just experienced an act of generosity, and we want to bless you with that. The second thing is, if that's not the case, The second thing we'd love for you to do is to look for an opportunity this week to be generous with this $20. And so there's no stipulations on what that means. Maybe you see someone who needs a meal this week and you say, you know what, I have this $20. I got it from my church. You know, you could give a plug to Open Life, but you say, you just say, hey, you know, here's $20. Why don't you grab yourself a meal? Or maybe you go buy a grocery gift card you may, in increments of five, and you just say, hey, you know what? I've, I have this, and I want to bless you with $5. Maybe you um, buy food with it and give it to the food bank. Maybe you pool the cash together with a spouse, a family member, and you'd say, uh, you know what? I've never thought about sponsoring a child. I sponsor a child on Compassion International. It's $38 a month. So if you're a couple and you think, you know what? I've never had the opportunity to sponsor a child before. Maybe this $40 will pay for the first month for you to do that. You could do that at World Vision. You could do it at Compassion. Maybe you want to give to Charity Water. You would just say, you know what? I want to be generous with this. And then just for you students here, we gave you $20 too. I guarantee you this Wednesday, if you're at groups, there's going to be an opportunity for you to give to a worthy cause. So you could hold on to that until Wednesday and decide if that's what you want to give it to. And so the third thing is, some of you might be able to multiply this $20 creatively, or you would just say, you know what, I have money. I don't necessarily need this $20. And so maybe you want to hold on to it for a little bit. And I just want to just as a preview for next week, we're going to be presenting an opportunity to truly express generosity. 
and this is going to be something we're going to be all about from next week forward, and it's going to be really exciting, and I'm not going to tell you what it is this week, so you have to be here next week, even with the time change, and so just prepare yourselves, but maybe you hold on to the $20, you hear what we have to say next week, and the cool thing about this cause that we're going to be telling you about is that we're giving all of the offering that's given on Easter Sunday to this cause. And in addition, we're giving $5 ahead for every person that is at Easter to this cause. And you would say, you know what, between now and then, I can take this 20, maybe I can add a 20 of my own, and on Easter, I'm going to give it to this worthy cause, which you'll find about, about next week. So hopefully this makes sense. Hopefully you're blessed by this if you need it. Hopefully you're blessed by this even if you're going to give it to someone else. We hope this kind of is like an introduction to generosity. You know, maybe this is a little bit more of a charity, so it's a starting point for you. But maybe you realize the benefits of this and you start to set aside margins so that you truly can learn to be generous. And so finally, number four on your note sheet, it says share your story. We would love for you to tell us what you did with your $20. So if you did, you know, give to a GoFundMe, or if you did, if you are holding on to it, and when you give it at Easter Sunday, tell us that you did that on Easter Sunday. And so where you can do this is at openlife.church slash love does, is because that's kind of the thought that we're holding on to all year long, is that love just does stuff. And so we wanted to give you the opportunity to do that. And so when you use your $20, tell us what you did with it. And if, you know, you're here today and you're like, you know, this is totally stupid. I don't want to be a part of this. You're welcome to put the $20 back in the white buckets at the end of service. But we truly hope you'll use this to bless someone that you have been blessed by it or that you're going to hold on to it and think about how you can multiply it for Easter Sunday for what we're going to be giving to then. And so... It's an opportunity for you to pray with your families, to maybe you need to have a family discussion. Some of you with lots of kids, you now have like a hundred free dollars. You're like, how are we going to use this? I would encourage you to pray over it, to think about what you're going to do with that extra amount of discretionary income. So I'm going to pray for them. So why don't you just hold on to those envelopes and let's just pray for God to do amazing things in our lives this week and in the lives of the people that we bless. God, we thank you for just an incredible morning just to say thank you for your generosity to us, God. We thank you that you loved us so much to send your son to this earth so that we may have salvation through his death and his resurrection, God. We praise you, God, for everything that you give to us, our time, our talents, our treasure. God, I pray, Lord, that we would have the hard conversations that maybe need to be had so that we can live according to your plan and so we don't have to live in burden or under just this weight of money and of time and of not using what we feel like we're gifted to be using, God. I pray, Lord, that we would use this $20 that's now in our hands, God, to bless someone, to touch someone's life, God. I thank you for what we're going to be sharing about next week and just the opportunity to affect lives in just a tangible and a meaningful way, God. And so, Lord, I pray as we come up to Easter, God, that we would just be ready and excited for the things that you're going to do spiritually in people's hearts and lives, but also, God, what you're going to be doing them in the physical, in the practical senses, how we can bless people with our time, with our talents, with our treasure, God. 
Help us to find margin where we need it, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to see everything that we need to do, the decisions that we need to make today. We ask all of this in your name. Amen.